Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Before a podcast rewind, welcome to the Nook. I'm Amy Randolph, one of your co-hosts, and of course, with me is my beautiful friend Erica Jarvis. Oh my gosh, you flatter me! Thank you so much, Amy Randolph. Is it my third day hair and my weird half top knot that has got you going? I was not going to belittle the top knot. Oh, it's been in since eight thirty this morning. This was oh. my Luke today for we, work. We went to work like this. Oh my god, your hair. Should we talk <laughs> about totally my line? But quickly, this is because I'm off on my hair washing cycle. Do you have a hair washing cycle? Yes. So I have an event tomorrow after work, aka my third first date in December. Um, <laughs> but I need really Congratulations, <laughs> third time's a charm. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I need to wash have fresh hair that day. Right. So, so you have to forego today. I had to forego today because I didn't want to do it two days in a row, which sounds like I'm a slob. But if you have, if you're a female out there with thick hair, you know there's no way you can do two days in a row. This is straight up girl math. This is girl math, and so I was off on my hair washing cycle, and so there's a lot of dry shampoo. It was cuter when I left the house this morning, mm-hmm. but now my apologies but, <laughs> to your eyes. But now the, the day is old, <laughs> and I have to deal with this for the next hour. <laughs> you're welcome. Congratulations. And the rest of the night. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, well, <laughs> welcome to episode 54, everybody. I'm going to drink that opening away. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. What are you having? Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted to take a drink. Other than a sip. Well, you have to cheers and then take a sip. That's the ritual. It's proper. It is proper. This is a Mark West Pinot Noir, the black label. Oh, Because right. I got a box of Pinot Noir over the weekend that I thought I could extend for the week and it tasted like trash yeah you know, I just smelled it and went no thank you that's okay you can keep that shit to yourself yeah so yeah. I had to go get a new bottle tonight if you had bought it from Walmart you could have returned <laughs> ask me how I know oh no I know and the listeners all know but Amy what are you drinking tonight I'm also having a Pinot Noir I'm having this one we've had it on the show before it's literally called love Pinot Noir, and it's just, oh, it's velvety and mm-hmm. delicious. I love this wine. So I love love. You love love. I was talking to my dad tonight before the show, and talking about family stuff, and we're going on and on, and I was like, all right, daddy, I don't want to, like, drop the call, but, like, I got to go get ready for the pot. He goes, oh, enjoy your wine. And, like, hung up on me. <laughs> so they think this is just an excuse for us to drink wine, like we would like need, need one. an excuse to just drink wine. I don't have to podcast to be an alcoholic. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. <laughs> I'm an yeah. adult with a J-O-B that <laughs> affords my wine addiction. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of being addicted to things. Yes. Um, did you say obsessed? Did you say obsessed? I'm obsessed with something this week. Yeah. And, you know, usually on Obsessions of the Week, it's what random thing delights and surprises me. But uh-huh. I'm actually going to talk about, I guess, a podcast okay. as my obsession. I don't really know how to describe it, but... Um, it's a audio file, I suppose, <laughs> that I purchased from Audible. So mm-hmm. it was released by Amazon, and you have to go to their Audible app or their service in order to get this. It's exclusive to Audible, um, but it's a six-hour, really what I would call a long-form podcast. Yeah. Audible obviously normally does eBooks, which, you know, usually one person oh. or sometimes two, if there's two voices in a book, sits down and reads. Um but this is called Evil Has a Name. Mm-hmm. It's all about Joseph James D'Angelo, the alleged Golden State Killer. Awesome. Um, it's written and read by Paul Holes and two of the other main detectives that unraveled this thing. But I call it a long-form podcast because it is 
um, filtered in with uh, interviews from victims, interviews from other people that worked the case over the years. So I wouldn't call it an audiobook by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's odd that I had to go to this service and purchase it and yeah. to listen. So that's why it feels weird to call it a podcast. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's a premium podcast. Sure. But look, you know, if you were have been listening to us for a while, you know that I'm obviously a true crime obsessor. What? And when the Golden State Killer allegedly was caught in April of this year, it was like all of my podcast world stopped. All of the true crime podcasts were covering it. Um, if you listen to my favorite murder or my recap of, then you know we are in love with Paul Holes. He's so dreamy. He's a dreamy, dreamy man. The thing I forgot, too, is that he retired the day that he really kind of was certain it was Joseph James D'Angelo. And he talks about how he pulls up in front of his house and just sits there and debates whether to go knock on the door and just talk to this guy and decides not to. And how he went to work the next day, turned in his gun, turned in his badge but then they were just ready to roll on this guy. And he's like, man, I've got to be in. Yes. So, so he stayed on the force, obviously, and was part of um, arresting, apprehending Joseph James D'Angelo. And if you're into the Golden State Killer um, story at all, I absolutely recommend this. I'm, like, obsessively listening to it. It's six hours and 42 minutes. So Ooh. definitely long form for a podcast listen. But if you broke it up like you did an audiobook, Yeah. Uh, that's great listening so far. I'm like two and a half hours in. Okay. Four more to go. (laughs) (laughs) What are you obsessed with this week? Well, Amy, you and I and best friend of the pod, Beth, did a thing on Saturday. We did. We drank together, but we did it with an activity behind it. (laughs) We went to a place. We went to a place. So our buddies over at What Ails Ya Podcast... What up, boys? We love, and we actually covered on our Florida episode back in the spring summer. Mm-hmm. We're putting together a really great craft brew fest over at 1010 Brewing in Ivanhoe. And if you haven't heard our recap on their podcast, they are two dudes into craft beer and go to all local Florida breweries and say, Hey, how'd you get started? What's is, this beer? Let's talk about it. Is it not their goal to visit every single Florida brewery? I, I believe and so. Start at the top and try again. Well, I think <laughs> by the, the time going. they'll be finished, more will pop up and oh, keep yeah. going. So Good it was point. their goal, um, two years in the making, to kind of get some of their favorite craft breweries into one place and just host a really fun day. So we got to go over, you know, unlimited three ounce pours. We tried some amazing drinks, but within five seconds of being there, I looked at one guy and was like, "Hey, yo." Are you the host of What Ails Ya? And he kind of like shrunk away. I was like, no, 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 get over here. This is Amy. I'm Erica. We're the hosts of Podcast Rewind. (laughs) And so we got to chat with them, let them know what we did here on this show, calling them out how much we loved them. And so I think we made some new pod friends and we're going to try to clip in with them in the new year and get some kind of crosswork going because what they do is so fun. And we had such an amazing day. It was amazing. Magical brewery deliciousness. I think we tried so many sours or Berlingers, I guess as they're called. I mean, that's my new favorite beer, I have to say. Yeah, I'm a convert. It's so good. Either you love a sour or you don't love a sour. But we tried great beers from all over Florida. Um, Lots of man buns. Lots (laughs) of beards. Lots of flannel. We all came correct in our outfits. We all... Had a weird coordination. Well, I didn't have a mustache. <laughs> Our outfits. <laughs> yes, we fit in with the hipsters for sure. No, they put on a great event. Congratulations to What Ails Ya. Yeah. It was really great to meet you in person, and we really look forward to working with our pod friends yeah. in the future. Making you our new best friends. Sorry, boys. You're stuck with us. Do you think that we could work with a brewery and do like a podcast rewind beer? Wouldn't that be fucking cool? That would be so I mean, cool. Drink of the week made forever. Oh my god, yes. Really cool bottle. Can obviously because it's it? easier to recycle. Yes. Canning is way bigger right now. Yeah, it's our logo on it. But it would almost have to be some kind of beer that was a throwback. Like Honey Brown. Remember how Honey Brown was so big in the 90s? And sure. it would be like our version of like a Honey Brown, like a throwback rewind beer. I mean, we both love IPA a lot. But we I do. feel like it's a little tired. How can you come up with a new IPA anymore? I enjoy them trying, but... What about an IPA sour? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm thinking like an IPR, like an 
India Podcast Rewind. Nice. Maybe an IPRA. IPRA. India Podcast Rewind. Ale. Perfect. I like that. We've got it. We have ideas. We have ideas. We did it. Right here on the pod, out loud for the (laughs) listeners to to steal from right on out under us. That is copyrighted Podcast Rewind Incorporated, which totally exists. (laughs) But if you're a lawyer and you want to help us make that exist, we will 100% accept your free services pro bono. Well, now that we're done soliciting others to work with us. Hey, guys, we have a really great photo on our Instagram from that day, too. If you want to go give that an old likey-like, we'll take it, too. Um, we had a couple of great hair days. I won't lie. You know what? I'm going to take a sip of this wine. I'm thirsty. <laughs> thirsty for the likes. <laughs> I mean, guys, with that being said, we had a great time. It was fun. And we do kind of look forward to, in 2019, bringing some new freshness to the podcast. But don't worry. We are still going to every week do a deep dive into some kind of topic that's got us going Mm -hmm. that we're learning about from other podcasts out there. So with that being said, this week, we kind of want to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. As you know, the reason we are here, Amy and I are obsessed with podcasts and we love talking about all of the podcasts that we are totally obsessed with. As you hear in our opening. As you hear in our opening. It is the truth as we tell it. Yes. And sometimes a podcast comes our way. That we can't stop talking about, and unfortunately not in the most positive way. Yeah. You know, we are incredibly supportive of podcasts. That is the goal of Podcast Rewind. But, you know, in life, things happen. Yeah. And Erica and I sometimes can talk at nauseam about a podcast that's maybe disappointing us or falling short for Mm -hmm. us in a way, just as much as we can about one that we love and are obsessed with. And we have a podcast this week that by no means do we mean to take down or treat cruelly in any way. It's one that we've both become fascinated in, but we've been talking about it so much we felt like we wanted to share this conversation with you guys. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about a podcast called Sold in America, hosted by Nord... Tukor, I'm sorry, your cat the, is cracking me up behind me. The podcast is podcast. a grand old time. Um, sorry, guys. So this podcast is in part with Stitcher and a scripts company, but just to kind of even pull back mm-hmm. the curtain a little bit, every week when I mean are done mm-hmm. podcasting, we take our drink of the week to our porch, finish that beverage, never refill it once no. or twice more. Well, maybe that's your response. And that's when we do all of our editing, prep the week for our Instagram, and while we're doing that, we're listening back to the show. We're getting our show notes. But oftentimes when we do that, we leave the iTunes up and podcasts scroll by. And that's really where we get a lot of our inspiration from that page or clicking through and finding the next great podcast. And one came up about a month ago. We both were like, we think we need to listen to this one. It sounds great. Like I mentioned, Sold in America with Noor Tagori. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm saying I don't want to mispronounce her name. No. She calls herself Noor mostly. So yeah. I think we will too. Her first name, uh, Noor. Nor. N-O-O-R, just mm-hmm. to make sure, make that clear. So about a week or so ago, Amy was like, hey, I started listening to Sold in America. I'm halfway through. And I was like, great. And you kind of looked at me and you were like, I don't know, though. Is it? Yeah, I, I was having a hard time about, like you said, halfway through the series. I hadn't finished it yet. I now have. And um, the the topic at hand for this podcast is Nor intends to dive deep into the underworld of sex trafficking, which, uh, you know, is a topic that uh, interests me because, uh, you know, I, I do tend to like to investigate the dark side of humanity. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's, I think there have been other sex trafficking stories that have come across our way, like potentially the Jennifer Cassie story yeah. and some others that I hear that, you know, I find fascinating what happened. I find it deeply sad and clearly there is more that we need to be doing in America to stop sex trafficking. Um, so I was really looking forward to this podcast, diving deep, teaching me, making me feel yeah. on and on and on. And I immediately from the jump felt like that was even an odd way to start in her episode one. Yeah, so episode one starts with kind of getting a bit of her backstory. Mm-hmm. And so just to paint the picture, Noor is Muslim, so she wears a hijab. And you do hear about that often throughout the podcast. that really does have an influence in her religion and her upbringing. But you hear when she's 12 years old. May I, may I stop you real quick? It's also very important to note, I think, that she's 24 years old. Yes. Yeah, 
journalist. She's young, mm-hmm. younger journalist. Um, so you find out in the very first episode that when she was 12 years old, she was in a hotel elevator in Saudi Arabia all alone with another man. Just another stranger on a family trip, just in an elevator, heading back up to her room, and he threw up against the wall and kissed her. And that really impacted her to the point where now one of her main goals is to understand sex trafficking and really dive deep into that. And that was a a turning point for her. Right. And in no way do I diminish the Mm -hmm. trauma of that situation and the fear that she must have felt. As she was telling the story, and I know from the description that I'm listening to a sex trafficking-themed podcast, when she starts to set this scene and she talks about how she's afraid of this man, and then he grabs her, I'm thinking that she was kidnapped in, in the sex trade for a while. And then it turned out that he assaulted her. Uh, her father came and beat the snot out of yep. him. And again, in no way do I diminish the trauma of that happening to a young girl and how it may impact the rest of your life. But I do think that that story doesn't truly relate me to the sex trafficking industry. And it's a disconnect from the go for me. Yes. I completely agree. You do hear about how she's seen on Oprah's show talking about sex trafficking with young women. And that really kind of starts this journey. So... Um, and I will say, Amy, you, the first thing you said to me was, this is one of the most well-produced podcasts. You know she's got yes. a crew with her. And, you know, round one is only an eight-episode podcast. So it's not very long. And each episode is no more than 35 minutes, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And so it just kind of goes off the jump that this is what she wants to do. So, yeah, you really think, like, oh, I'm going to really understand this dark side and – Maybe be more educated about it. And, you know, it goes straight into episode one. And we are introduced to a woman named Chantal, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Chantal was, unfortunately, you know, a prostitute at a young age. A sex worker. sex worker. We need to me. be really careful. And I want to point out, too, that the proper terminology for um, people in sex work is sex worker. And, um, you know, they don't like the word prostitute because it's diminishing. And I absolutely agree. And we're going to do our best to stick with it. Please forgive us if we slip up and say the P word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will say the other one. Not that P word. Um, but yeah, so she talks with this ex-worker Chantal who, you know, got, she was sex trafficked. And we learn about what the definition of sex trafficking is, which is anybody that's being forced to have sex for money without without consent. Their whip, without consent. And especially anybody who's a minor because they cannot give consent. Correct. And that's a big thing that we do learn about is the concept of consent. Mm -hmm. So um, the thing that we don't really ever get to understand is how Chantel was able to get herself out of it. We find out that at 13 years old, she was living in the foster care system and that a family member of hers kind of coerced her into it. And then she wound up in a situation where she was with a pimp who did not treat her kindly. And the way she describes it is that one day she just kind of got up and left yeah, which is which is odd to me, but they're very. It's very clear that we're not getting the full story, and Nor continually excuses it to us as yes. a listener, and continually tells us we don't need the full story, yeah. and that that would be um, ex- uh, exploit exploitful, yeah, of, of the victim. Where <clears throat> I I sort of guess I I understand her point, but fundamentally disagree that as the listener, I'm not going to be able to connect unless I actually know what happened. I'm I'm taken out of it as a listener because now I'm whirling in my own yeah. head about, wait, 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 well, what happened? Why won't you tell me? What is so salacious about this? Yeah, she starts to talk a little bit, Chantal, in regards to how when she does get set up with her quote-unquote pimp, that there's another female that she reports to and how there was a whole training session she had to go through. And when pressed about it she was like oh I'm nervous talking about the training and Nora was like oh you don't have to talk about it and I was like yeah no get me in here like yeah why is this I need to understand the depths of this world and I appreciate you for coming on and wanting to talk about it but I do need you to go a little bit deeper as somebody who did go to school for journalism you've got to ask those awkward questions how else am I going to paint the best picture and show you a background and prove that you need to feel for this woman. Right. And then moving forward to the rest of the first episode and through most of the second episode, it it really shines a light on how someone may find themselves in this situation. 
you know, a lot of times a young person who is addicted to drugs or is otherwise, you know, homeless due to having a bad home situation or whatever it may be is very um, vulnerable to getting caught up in this world. So you kind of continue through that a little bit, and it feels like we're getting somewhere. She starts to bring in the opioid crisis and, and visits Kentucky in the second episode. But then in the third episode, she visits with a woman who is a a courtesan by choice yeah. and by trade, who has a lot of opinions about um, sex work not being ever unconsentful. Yeah. That if you are a sex worker, you are always choosing it. So now we've got a dichotomy set up that I yeah. think is really interesting, but I never hear from that courtesan again after yeah. this episode or her story or how it weaves back into the highlighting the differences between someone who is sex trafficked and someone who is choosing to be in the sex industry. Yeah. It is interesting to jump from how, you know, being in Kentucky, the opioid crisis is like the biggest there and how parents grossly enough might sell their children into this so they can get drugs. Mm -hmm. And that is, that deserves more than 30 minutes of conversation. And the way she just like a rock on the water just skips Here's a little bit, and there's a little bit more, and then it sinks immediately, and you're like, (gasps) no way. This was a huge conversation she was having, how doctors in Kentucky are starting to study and learn and train how to recognize a child that is visiting them for the seventh time this month with an STD or something, and Mm -hmm. to get those conversations. And then this conversation just kind of is like, okay, well, now I'm going to go see a courtesan who's totally okay with it. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. I actually think episode two was your story, and now you bounced, and now I'm talking to a, a Heidi Fleiss kind of lady mm-hmm. who is trying to be on the up and up, and it, it just jumped so fast that I didn't understand what was happening anymore. Right, and it didn't weave together in a cohesive enough way for me to, I think it's such an interesting mirror to reflect the mm-hmm. two sides of the world. But then she does move into even a third world, yeah. um, where she goes on to Nevada, and the uh, there's a few counties out there, obviously, where sex work is legal. Yep. And you have to you have to get your license to do it and all of that. And she goes, she does get an interview with a big catch, a big pimp, if you will, <laughs> um, Dennis, what's his Dennis Hoff, who owns the Bunny Ranch and many other brothels out in Nevada. He is a show to me. I mean, he like, is. As, yes, he has an HBO, had an HBO show for quite some time mm-hmm. about this brothel. But I mean, this is so much information that like, I am can't wait to hear her dive deep into. And again, it's kind of fluff. Yeah, it's she spends. A, this is the this is the episode where, to me, I. Um, with no disrespect, I started to turn on Noor yeah. a little bit. I was frustrated. Again, this is only a 35-minute episode, and she must have spent five to eight minutes of this episode talking about how nervous she was to be mm-hmm. at the Bunny Ranch, to interview the women that worked there, and especially to interview Dennis. And I do want to jump back very quickly to episode three. She actually goes to Seattle, where they, um, there is a task force there working to decriminalize sex work, um, and also they are prosecuting um, the Johns by, the Johns or the buyers, as they like to call them, uh, in a very different way rather than putting them in jail. They get a fine and they're forced to go through like a community service type class yeah. where they're kind of forced to learn about sex traffic, yeah. sex work, the plight of women, and on. And she spends a lot of time in that episode, too, talking about how nervous she was to go into this room with these buyers and talk to them. And that's when I first got the peak of, stop talking about yourself so much. Yeah. And then she really, really spends a lot of time when she is interviewing Dennis Hoff about it and picks him apart in a way that I find unfair. And this is clearly a documentary, so I realize it's com- it's biased. Yeah, the documentaries are, but I don't think that even as an interviewer to a subject, she came prepared. No, she gave him softball questions. Yeah. She let him run that interview on her, and this is where I really started to think a lot about and talk to you about the hosts of amazing documentary podcasts like Serial, Sarah Coney from Serial, Brian from S Town, and Dan Tversky from Missing Richard Simmons. 
all of them were personally connected either before or during the process of their podcasts. But, and they talked about their feelings to the case, but it was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know we had, honestly, we had this conversation in the car on the way to the brewery on Saturday. And I said, the major difference is, especially from a journalism perspective that Sarah and Brian specifically do is they have a story in front of them. You know, for Brian, it was, there was this murder in this shit town in Alabama and as he was doing that and taking us along on his journey to find out what happened and what is this shit town. He turned and went, oh, shit. No. Uh, John B. McElmore is my story. This and you knew it while you were listening. Mm-hmm. That the, who is this guy? And I am so in tune. Whereas, you know, the same with Sarah Koenig and Adnan. You started to see her flip and to have these, you know, this relationship with Adnan from, like, I think I want to help you. Mm-hmm. and. All of this stuff that just had this deep-seated understanding, and as the listener, you got it. There was no picture to be painted. But for Noor, I'm constantly thinking to myself, like, you missed that question. You low-balled here. Okay, I don't need to hear you praying before you go into this because you're nervous. And also, it makes me, it reflects on me that, like, if I was going into the Bunny Ranch or I was talking to Johns who purchased sex... I wouldn't be nervous. I don't, maybe that's just me personally, but we go to learn on that. We go to learn later on that Nora believes that sex is taboo. And that's where she and I are already immediately different. And that's where it changes that. Like I'm not getting the same thing that I get from these serial award-winning podcasts because their journalist integrity is different how they're doing it. That's exactly why I stopped you earlier and brought up the fact that she's 24 years old. And she also mentions quite frequently that in her uh, personal life, she's a few days from getting married. It's no business of mine to make any sort of comment about her sexual experience, but she comes across as somebody very naive about sex. And I feel like if you are tackling a sex podcast, even though sex trafficking is is certainly not sensual, romantic sex by any means, um, or even sex work is not um, relationship-based, if if you're someone who is so clearly coming across to me as as somebody who's naive to um, the experiences of a, a larger sexual world, or just not comfortable talking about it, then then to me... You're not the right host for this. Yeah. Maybe you would have been a great producer. Yeah. But to, to be the host, to be there interviewing somebody that you're clearly terrified of. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the it's not the right fit. And me as the listener, I'm not giving as much as I should be. Right. So I think about this episode with the Bunny Ranch was such a major turning point. It was. Yeah. And for me, especially when, you know, she does finally get to sit down with Dennis himself and she explains that, oh, he does the same trope he does all of the time lights a cigar, gets a glass of fake champagne, and really puts on, like, this deep presence. And she asks him... Which I him, thought was so interesting. What a great trick of him. Yeah. It's so empowering. And he puts himself in charge. He's done it clearly hundreds of times. And she knew he was going to do it. She talks about that. Yeah. So what I mean is that with that, she knew that that was coming. She asked him how did this all start. And it responds with, oh, he gave me the same story about Marilyn Monroe kissing him on the cheek. When he was nine and he's given it all other interviews. Great. Then you say, hey, since, you know, Marilyn Monroe kissed you on the cheek when you were nine and you were harder than Chinese arithmetic, as he says, take that and keep going further. Let him know you did your homework. Mm-hmm. From a journalist perspective, I never would go in and interview even somebody so like as a real world kid. I wouldn't be like, so how did you get on the real world? I'd be like, hey, saw your casting tape, saw that you're blah, 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 blah. Next question. Prove that you've got a reason to be sitting next across from this very character of a man. Charismatic. Charismatic. That you can hold your own. Because they start to fight a little bit where he's like, you've got your own opinions and I've got mine. And don't fight with him. Get him to give you the information you want. And that was really tough to listen to. If she starts to get into this episode questioning whether... Um, sex work should be legalized and would it therefore kind of inhibit the sex trafficking you know like 
to bring in very quickly the abortion conversation, like if abortion were illegal, it wouldn't make abortion stop happening. Mm-hmm. They would just become a lot more safe because it's underground and you could get prosecuted for it. And the argument is very interesting. And it's one that outside of this podcast, I'm interested in, in that if you legalize sex work, sex work and it's all above board and everyone's got a permit or a license or whatever it is yeah. to be engaging in this business We're going to make more money in taxes, on and on and on. You know, it's a question that I'm very interested in. She starts to broach it here, but it's so clear to me as the listener that she believes that it's ultimately icky and still not okay. Instead of really broaching it and, and handling it more maturely. Yeah, you know, she goes on to so many other episodes and has heavy, heavy characters on, you know, interviewees and people, and it is just, their stories are treated with kid gloves briefly, and then we move on again. Mm -hmm. Every episode she does could be its own eight-episode podcast. I absolutely agree with that. It's just like, this should be an eight-season situation. I want eight episodes of the Bunny Ranch. She's so concerned about the fact that she thinks she's the first woman with a hijab to ever walk into the Bunny Ranch. Great. Have an entire episode about that. What kind of... John's do you get, you know, and also this is just a bizarre, my own personal thing. She constantly talks about the men who are paying for sex. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think that there's probably a lot of women out there paying for sex. I think uh-huh. that there's a lot of men paying other men for sex. She only focused in mainly on straight men and straight women. I completely There's agree. one brief moment where she does talk with a woman who is transgender, but it's it bounces in and then it bounces out. And there's so many aspects to this whole concept. I even said to you to go along the lines, why isn't she not talking about the porn industry? Why isn't she talking about this? She herself was in Playboy, fully dressed as an article, mm-hmm. but really feels like she's better than everybody else because she was in Playboy, but with her clothes on. Yeah, and I want to jump back to the hit job thing real quick. I think she wonders aloud to us as the listener at least twice, if not yes. three times, if she's the first woman to ever enter the bunny ranch with a hijab on. Yeah. But we don't hear her ask Dennis or she interviews several of the women that are working there. She never asks that question. It's a fascinating question that I want to know the answer to as well. Come on, Nora, go do it. She asks that as if she thinks she's the first one, but all of these women treat her no different. No different. I have not heard anybody throughout this, especially at the bunny ranch, reference anything in regards to her appearance or her background or religion. They're just like, all right, honey, this way is where we go get our weekly STD test. (laughs) And they treated her so kindly. I thought so, too. I didn't feel that she gave them that in return, that she went in with a full stigma already, and it was going to be hard for anyone to break that down. There were some uh, subjects, like a couple of the buyers from Seattle, um, one or two of the women she mentions at the Bunny Ranch were a little skittish around the microphone. And then there's a situation towards the end of a podcast where she's essentially in a, a youth homeless kind of rehabilitation center where she continually finds these subjects who are a little skittish around her and she makes no effort to comfort them or get them to open up. She says, it's okay if you don't want to talk to me. And then like, no, but Nora, you just have a really interesting subject. Go there, get in there, talk to them. Yeah, that was a really hard part. I wondered why, you know, later on in one of the last episodes, we do learn about youth homelessness and Mm -hmm does meet some amazing kids who are really working hard to get their butts back up and, you know, truly to none of their power, you know, that they ended up on the streets, unfortunately. But we have those who are skittish around her. She's like, it's fine, no big deal. And I think to myself, turn off your microphone, mm-hmm. extend your stay, yeah. talk to them, get on their page, say, would you guys feel more comfortable if I come back tomorrow? Or I just want to hang out with you guys today. Can I tell your story? Do that. Get in there. Stop accepting the no. Yes. How else do you get your yes? I just, and this has all of the makings of being a great podcast, but like if it was a report and I was a teacher, C plus, show me your work. Yeah. Don't tell me, show me. There were, there were some fascinating subjects. Like I want to mention the woman by name, Layla, the transgendered Mm -hmm. ex-sex worker who has a really fascinating story. I do implore you to go listen to her episode that was probably my favorite one and the one that tugged at my heart yeah. the very most. But I, um, 
through all of these episodes and continually meeting these fascinating people, I've always continually wanted more. Yeah. And what I really wanted at the end of the seventh episode is the last one where she really storytells, and the eighth is a Q&A talk back. But I really, at the end of that seventh episode, was very much looking forward for her to pull it together for me. Yeah. Okay, here's everything we learned. Ultimately, here's the conclusion of this podcast. And we do not get that. Instead, we get this conversation from Nora about how she felt in the last, by the way, year and a half it took her to put all this together. Mm -hmm. In everything that she did, I was like, six weeks? (laughs) Felt like six weeks of research. Honestly, I, not harder, I didn't get a year and a half out of all of this. And then she has decided that for her, in a way to end sex trafficking, that she's going to focus on youth homelessness. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then she just listed out all of the things that she personally was going to do and how she was going to give back and help out like the homeless community. And I just was like, but that's for you. How She never said, like, if you want to get involved or, yes. you know... A weird thing that she did throughout the whole podcast yes, was thank you for bringing instead this up. of engaging with listeners on Instagram, she urged you to send a text code to a phone number. So in that first episode where we met Chantal, ex-sex worker, got out of her pimp situation, she goes to Chantal's house with her and a baby. And then it's like Chantal's baby. Chantal's baby. If you want to see photo of Chantal's baby, text Chantal to number, number, number. I was like, what is this? Just tell me to go to at Sold in America on Instagram. It was a very weird mechanism. Yeah. She does this about five minutes into every episode. She implores you to text a phone number with some code word and you'll get texted back a photo from that episode, which here's my thought about that. I am all about podcasts taking risks and trying new, dangerous, even roads. But this feels so 2010 to yeah. text, text this number to get your robot text back. That is not 2018, girl. What, you know, where can I get my QR? Are you going to text me the QR code so that I can get all of the photos uh-huh. on either your Instagram or your Flickr or whatever? Where is your uh, Facebook handle? Where yeah. is your website? Where can I, I, why in the hell would I want a picture of your um audio engineer playing with a baby. What does that have to do with ending sex trafficking, which I thought was the reason we were all here listening to this podcast. Right. It's just like, but what, I'm driving. You want me to text and And then she's like, don't worry. If you're driving at the end of this episode, yeah. I'll give you the number. Still driving. Woman, my commute. Or how about a lot of traffic? How about it's in my show notes or you could find it on my website. It made, that it's a, it was, a, like I said, a, I call it a mechanism yeah. of this podcast that I've never heard before. And while I applaud trying something new and different, don't think that one hit the mark. Two out of ten. Do not recommend on that <laughs> one. Do not. I mean, I think basically what Amy and I are trying to really say at the end of the day in regards to Sold in America is that the subject matter is interesting and, and, important. and important and it is beautifully well produced it is one of the best sounding shows i have truly listened to in a very long time stitcher did a real they nice job did an amazing job but like i said earlier every single episode could be an entire season we were left wanting more and this is our plea to put out in the universe nor we want more we want more I think that I want to reiterate that this is not a takedown piece on our part. We love podcasts. Erica and I, honest to God, love podcasts. And I have never listened to a podcast hoping to not enjoy it. This is how I... uh, Podcasts are one of my favorite forms of entertainment as of the last year and a half or two years. And so I certainly never want to hear a podcast fail or miss the mark in any way because I'm tuning in with my very valuable time to have you entertain me and I... Or educate me. Right. And I I just found so much frustration with the fact that I wanted this to be good so badly. Yeah. And it, again, just... I'll use the term miss the mark. Yeah. Again, in so many ways for me. And I felt like it's important to talk about um, It's a certain... Maybe this is kind of a nerdy podcast, <laughs> deep dive, analytical piece. Amy just pushed up her non-existent glasses when she said nerdy. <laughs> um, but ultimately, 
again, we support other podcasts. Yeah. We support um, small podcasts, big podcasts, all across the board. And I want to support Nora. I would, I would absolutely welcome her kind of doing like a season two and knocking my socks off. Yes, that would be great. I mean, listen, she's got a lot of followers. She is doing well. She was on that title page of iTunes, and we were. So she's got a leg up on us. But just because you're doing great in that sense doesn't mean that it's perfect all the time. And just because you have a great production company and and, um, a beautiful soundscape behind your podcast, and it's necessarily good. And I also would implore all of you listeners, when you're listening to anything, to really have your thinking caps on about it and make sure that you are thinking about what you're listening to, you know, says I, who just fell in love with Love After Lockup on reality television this week. Well, you know, if you're going to choose some upper brow entertainment, perhaps, yeah. I just think it's always really good to be analytical and mm-hmm. to sit back and think about, what did I just listen to? Did that add value? Yep. Or do um, do I need to, to say something or to disagree? Agree. So while you're listening to our conversation, we hope maybe that you have listened to Sold in America or this Makes you want to go check it out, and we kind of want to hear your thoughts. Comment yeah. on our latest Instagram. Do you agree with us? Do you think we missed something? Do you think that there are other podcasts that you have questions about? Like, let's get that conversation started. Just because a podcast is popular doesn't mean it's perfect and can't have somebody poke a hole. Because you can poke a hole at us too. We'll take any feedback. That means you're listening. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, we Hi. love you. Hi, Dad. And uh, you know, like maybe you love Sold in America, and yeah, well, we'd love to hear from all of you. So. You know where to find us, Podcast RWD at Instagram or Twitter, um, or search Podcast Rewind on Facebook, or you can send us a note just right to Eric and I at podcastrwd at gmail.com. Yeah. So with that being said, there are podcasts out there that are really popular, and yeah. as you know, we like to have every week what we call the Podcast Pulse. I'm still working on our fire Podcast Pulse. The Podcast Pulse. But um, we want to bring you guys this week on Tuesday, December 11th, the top three podcast shows. And Amy, what's number one? Well, we're starting to sound a little bit like a broken record. Here we are. Podcast Pulse. Number one is still Dirty John. Have you been caught up on the TV show? No, I'm behind. I watched that first episode and I have all intentions of, of watching but no, I haven't caught two or three. I have seen them both. Okay, we'll and talk on the porch so later. so good. So excited. Number two is Bagman. Remember, that's the one from Rachel Maddow. Yeah, that one we both talked about earlier that we should probably give that a little listen. But mm-hmm. like, honestly, it's like American history and politics. And that's way more your bag than mine. Yeah, um, frankly, it does sound a little bit boring. But maybe I'll try to give it a listen and there's something that will surprise Yeah, you know, and then number three is a podcast we talked about once before, The Joe Rogan experience and this guy is no stranger to a top 10 list. He's a monster in the it, podcast world. So he really it's is. Absolutely no surprise he came in at number three this week. Good for Guys, him. So for today. We did listen to other things this week other than Sold in America. We did. And so now we just want to give you some quick pop-ups of the week. Absolutely. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Um, so I mentioned this fella earlier in the podcast, but um, any of you longtime rewinders may remember our unpack episode of Riching, missing, excuse yeah, me, Richard. missing Richard Simmons, which was hosted by a man named Dan Tabersky. Well, Danny Boy has a new podcast <gasps> out. What? He sure I does. Him. So this is interesting, too. He calls it the Headlong Project. And actually, when I go to his page on my, uh-huh. on my Google podcast app, um, all of Where's Richard Simmons is listed here as, like, Headlong Season 1. Oh, cool. But he's just released Headlong Season 2 called Surviving Y2K. Whew. Yes, tell me everything. Such an interesting time of the year for this because clearly we're coming up on another New Year's Eve. And as everybody, probably is, it's a very zenial concept, uh-huh, right? It really is. Y2K, going from 1999 to 2000, there was some Armageddon fear out there. And so this podcast is in six parts and super dives into it. I've listened to episode one and half of two. Uh I'll be finding some time in the next few weeks to um, continue to listen. But he's taking a deep dive into December 31st, 1999. And everything that went into it, you know, the first programmers that discovered 
this Y2K issue. Yeah. Are we going to flip over or are we going to go back to the beginning? Right. Or, you know, why, why did they even take that efficiency in the first place? Just do the last two digits of a year Uh and call it that code. And a lot of that was done in the sixties and seventies when coding was brand new and processors took such a long time for any line of code to read that they were just trying to find any efficiencies they could. And so a lot of them cut off the one nine of the year and thought, ah, they'll figure out a problem. Yes. The fix before the 2000, and then you know everyone forgot about it. Yeah. People died. <laughs> People moved on from the programming world, and it was discovered around 1998, early 1999. He's got some really fascinating stories. He also talks to a husband and a wife who started like a prepper oh, business out of this, who are still preppers to this day. They don't think Y2K is coming. What's a prepper? But always a prepper. You know, preppers are another. That's something we oh. can cover on this show. Uh, Arm- Armageddon preppers are uh, fascinating to me. But it turns out Dan Taberski himself was a Y2K nerd, was terrified. He talks about how he thought at 11.59 that it was his last minute on earth oh in 1999 God. and woke up, you know, or just noticed it 12.01, <laughs> he was wrong. You know, he's really open about it, his experience and other people's experiences. I really enjoyed the first episode and, and most of the second that I listened to. And uh, I re- recommend as you get into, get ready for New Year 2019, that you go back 19 years and remember surviving Y2K. I have to listen to this. I have to send it to my dad. Yeah. He was big into home brewing mm-hmm. back up in Pittsburgh at this time and made a celebratory beer, Y2 Kolsch. Oh, funny. Yes. Is that Rick Jarvis and his puns? He's so good. Um, and now that I'm in like software world, to go back and really understand this whole coding concept and yeah, and like the same way that I feel about the Mayan calendar. When the Mayan calendar ended, people were like, oh my God. And I was like, no, I think they were like, I think we really gave them a good blueprint, guys. Like they'll figure it out in the end. Like we have way too much faith in humans after us. Like being proactive about anything. (laughs) Which means we have to recycle now. Humans Um, are not proactive by nature. You're not. So, Amy, today, to break up the monotony of my life, I started yes. a podcast called Every Little Thing. Okay. Or as they call it, ELT. Oh, I like So, that. the concept of Every Little Thing is they want to answer your burning questions. Like, are pirate peg legs really a thing? Who invented the cha-cha slide and why? <laughs> and then, what was wrong with right? them? And then, how old is Winnie the Pooh? Oh, okay. Right? All right. So, but this week, I listened to an episode because I was like, you know what? I got to know. Am I living with a psychopath? <laughs> Yeah, I think you should probably investigate that. I think I should investigate that. I'm into some weird shit. Right? So this girl, Megan, calls the host and is like, listen, I am concerned my roommate is a psychopath. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he will purposefully trip me on the stairs. Is it two men or a man and a woman, did you say? It's uh, the woman calling it. So the host is a female. Okay. But the caller is a female and her roommate is a male. Okay. And so she was like, my roommate trips me on the stairs. Like, I am just nervous all of the time living in my apartment. So she brings on a guest who wrote a book about, like, the psychopath test. And they, the woman is like, I'm going to come to your apartment. Stassi gave it to Jax on her podcast. I see you looking at me. Yes, that you happened. You saw that in my eyes. <laughs> this is why we're best friends and roommates. I'm not a psychopath. No. Okay, but this is why we're single. Um, <laughs> so they were like, okay, um... They talked to this guy who wrote the book, like, The Psychopath Test. They talked to another woman who's a psychologist, Ava, to kind of talk deeper into a lot of this work. But um, she's like, I'm going to come to your apartment and interview your roommate. Okay. You know, some of the signs of, like, a psychopath, that was, like, a predatory behavior, glibness, or, like, a superficial charm. Like, charm you can turn off and then cut it off in a second. Like, Dirty John. Yes. So she goes to interview her roommate, Pushkins. I'm sorry, what now? Pushkins. Is this in America? Yes. Okay. Pushkins is a cat. <gasps> oh, shit! This took a turn! Pushkins is a cat, and she's pretty sure Pushkins is a psychopath. All cats are psychopaths. <laughs> Guess what? They are. <laughs> so you are living with a psychopath. Actually, you're living two. with two. I'm just not one of them. Yes. So the psychologist, Ava, is actually a cat psychologist. Oh, my God. <laughs> they got me, though. So, um... No, they pretty much tell you up at the beginning that it's a cat, but I was getting you. Oh, you got me good. I'm so proud of you. So the woman was, like, asking the psychologist, like, you know, I 
often feel like if I were to die tomorrow, my cat would eat me right away. And she was yeah. like, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does it like raw meat? <laughs> They're like, most often a dog would lay by its owner dead until it was on its last breath. And then they like, I got to eat my owner. But cats would be like, oh, heartbeat over. Chomp. <laughs> so she like, obviously... Pushkins tries to push her off the stairs, like trip her and gets mad at her. And so they do go to the woman's apartment and kind of go through the psychopath test. There's 20 questions. They put it into five different groups. So a couple questions for you, Amy, about your feline children. My darlings. Yes. Are they destructive? Yes. Do they lash out for no reason? Yes. When they are punished, will they do the same behavior again without any care? Yeah. Especially the little one. Are they cunning or manipulative? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they go on to say yeah. that, in fact, cats bad. never should have been pets. But because they are manipulative, they convinced humans, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll love on you. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. <laughs> cats are psychopaths. We are living with two. Do you remember that documentary that I watched? The, the Lion in Your Living, living room? room? Yes. yes. That's basically what the they were thing. saying. Same kind of thing, but I thought this podcast was so funny. It's 25 minutes. I have to And listen. it was just such a stinking hoot. I can't wait. Yeah, it's good. I'm Thank glad. you for that. You're welcome. But you're not a Uh Connie, mm-hmm. I'm none of those things. No, but when I punish you, you come back and do the same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one out of four. Like 25% <laughs> saying that. <laughs> So funny. But yeah, a little levity for this podcast day. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I hope that wasn't too heavy for y'all listeners. No. We, um, you know, I, I don't <laughs> want to sound nasty or anyway, but we did enjoy bringing you that that topic because yeah. our favorite thing is to talk about podcasts, you guys. We really are obsessed with it and it's all we can talk about. And this is just another proving point for us. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we will look at each other when we're hanging out with so on this podcast today, I listened to this because I don't want to talk to you about anything else. Exactly. No, I could talk about a Gosling kid all day long. John has custody of Colin now. John has full custody of Colin. Okay, we'll talk about that right, in a Merry second. Christmas. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Podcast Rewind. We've got a special treat coming up next week, so make sure you tune in. But that was our episode number 54. Yes. We're... Um, Look, it's it's Christmas time, so we hope you're all getting out there enjoying parties and friends and family and feeling the spirit. And whatever you're doing, we hope that you are giving us a five-star review on iTunes. <laughs> but, also, but most importantly, that you are being kind and rewind. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>